The last class of my old professor's life took place once a week in his house by a window in the study where he could watch a small hibiscus plant shed its pink leaves. The class met on Tuesdays. It began after breakfast. The subject was the meaning of life. It was taught from experience. No books were required, yet many topics were covered, including love, work, community, family, aging, forgiveness, and finally, death. The last lecture was brief, only a few words. A funeral was held in lieu of graduation. The last class of my old professor's life had only one student. I was the student. My big thing is, you well know, honesty, truthfulness, and face the reality. And then I know what I have to contend with. I start kidding myself, you get all mixed up in your head. That was a voice of Maury Schwartz, and my voice belongs to me, Mitch Album, and I am the host of Tuesday People Podcast, which is what you're listening to now, which is a podcast inspired by the book Tuesdays with Maury and the experience, more importantly, of sitting with an older dying man talking about what's important in life once you really recognize you're going to die. And it's been great, absolutely great, to talk to so many of you uh, about basically what I've been talking to many of you about for years as I've traveled around the country and world talking to people who have read the book Tuesdays with Maury, which was never supposed to be a big book, was never supposed to get out of Massachusetts probably where it all took place and uh, somehow managed to find its way into school systems around the world and, and to, into people's hearts all over the globe. And so I've had so many great conversations with people about all the different lessons that my old professor taught me by his bedside as he was dying. And we've had a chance to review a number of them here in podcast form and you've been great in participating with us and, and sharing some of your thoughts as well. We did one uh, about regrets, uh, as in regrets, I've had a few. <laughs> That's what we called the episode, as a matter of fact, regrets, um, no regrets. And we got some great responses from a number of you about what regrets are and are not. Uh, here's a few. Uh, a woman named Suzanne. Regrets are a useless emotion. Cut and clean. Uh, a woman named Lindsay. Cut and clean. <laughs> yeah, agrees so much. If we keep ourselves reliving the regrets and should-haves, then we can never truly appreciate what's happening right now around us. Uh, a woman named Deb. Uh, yes, this episode was so intense for me, I replayed it again. Regrets don't serve us well, but learning to appreciate what's in front of us is a definite solution. That was just fantastic. Uh, a woman named Tracy, this was really poignant, forgiving others, and we were talking about regrets and, and not getting a chance to forgive someone or being forgiven. Forgiving others is much easier than forgiving ourselves. I still battle my own regrets about being on the other side of the world when my mom died. Man, have I heard that so many times mm -hmm. in my life about people feeling guilty, uh, having regrets over they weren't there in the moment of a loved one's passing. And, and it's not just being across the world. When your mother dies, it could be I was in the other room. You know, I, I've been attending to my mother or my father or my brother for, for months, and I left the room, and in that 20 minutes, they passed away, and I didn't get a chance to say what I wanted to them. Regrets around dying, uh, other people's dying of loved ones, is so, so common. She goes on, I made peace with her in an incredible dream, and I got signs that I was forgiven, but even so, I still find my mind going back sometimes. 
and wondering if I should have tried to make it back, even though the doctor said it would be too late. Imagine this regret playing and ruminating Mm. in your mind. I'm writing about Mm -hmm. this now, hoping to help myself and others find the other side of it. There is no going back. That's right, Tracy. There is no going back. There's only today in doing what we believe is better. Maury believed the same thing. Don't get stuck on your regrets. We played those clips from him talking about that. They can trip you up. I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have. All right, whether you should have or shouldn't have, you can't. That's clearly, you can't do it now. And one other thing you don't want to say I should have or shouldn't have is, man, I shouldn't have wasted so much of my remaining years of life regretting what I didn't do in earlier years in life. I always think like when I get to my, my deathbed, hopefully I'll be cognizant enough to have this thought, or maybe I won't want to, how much time did I spend on stuff that, wow, now it really looks like a waste of time. Uh, and I, I, I'm afraid that I'll, the answer will be very shocking to me and actually make me feel worse. It's one of the reasons that <laughs> Maury described ALS as this horrible, wonderful disease. It was horrible for all the reasons, obviously, that the, the physical ailments, but it was wonderful, he said, in that he knew it was going to end with his mortality, but he had time and his brain was still functioning to get everything together, to get the regrets out of his system, to apologize to people, to talk to people, to spend time with people he might not have had a chance to, 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 to soothe all the ruffles in the sheets. And, you know, we don't always get that. Sometimes we find yeah. it, and boom, it's, it's quick and it's done. And I think if we were given, that's the beauty and that's kind of the message of this podcast. If you really accept it, you're going to die one day. And hopefully not for many, many days. But whether it's 50 years from now, that's still short compared to 100 years from now. If it's 30 years from now, that's short compared to 50 years from now. If it's a year from now, that's short compared to five years. If it's next week, that's short compared to a month. So whatever it is, to use the time that you have in life so that when you get to the end, you say, well, I made every minute count. And certainly we don't make our minutes count when we just sit around regretting things. That's, That's rehashing a part of life that didn't go well, and now we're going to make other parts of life not go well. Rehash and rehash and rehash and rehash. And there's really nothing you can do about it. So it's really wasted time. I mean, you can't change it other than if that person is around to still try to say I'm sorry or something, but you cannot take away whatever that moment is that you're regretting. So just you got to move on. Today's episode, as you might have gleaned from the opening cut from Maury, is going to deal with something that I think is really pertinent right now particularly in our uh, divided political times, and that is lying. Lying. It, it goes back to Adam and Eve, right? You know, where's the apple? Huh? <laughs> Don't know. What happened? Well, now we are in a time, and in this political season, where truth has become a, a victim. Truth is probably one of the biggest victims of politics and the Internet, that there is maybe the greatest one besides perhaps innocence. And I want to talk a little bit about it. It's, it's going to be one of several episodes that we're going to devote to lying and the truth over the course of, of the next weeks because it's too big a topic to handle all on your own uh, in a single episode. Uh, but but let's, right. begin, let's begin with how many times and what acceptance we have for lying in our daily lives. All right. Now, in order to do this exercise, here's where podcasts 
are very good because they are anonymous. We don't know what you look like when you're listening to us. Uh, you can take these little tests at home, and it won't, you know, we're not going to look you in the face, so it's not going to make a difference. Uh, but ask yourself, honestly, ask yourself honestly, how often do you lie in the course of a given day? Now, when I say lie, I don't mean lie on your taxes or lie about a criminal activity. I just mean small lies. Let's walk through the day. There's the lies that basically make life just easier to navigate. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. Are you really fine? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're having a terrible mm -hmm. day. Is it really necessary to be brutally honest that way? Like, how you doing, Lisa? Well, my tooth hurts this morning, and I got up, I banged my knee on the bed, and then I, I read a letter that really upset me. Uh, also, my stomach is bothering me, and uh, I have a doctor's <laughs> appointment tomorrow. Nobody wants to hear gonna, that. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that, and quite frankly, no. they don't need to hear it. They don't need no. to hear it. We don't need to know the absolute truth. No. So there's that little beginning of a lie that probably is what we would just call socially graceful. This has been going on, and in fact, the more you go back to... Uh, in society, when we like to think that we were more honorable, probably the more right. small lies we used to tell because people would not, it was unseemly to talk about your business in front of other people. It was unseemly right. if you were having trouble in your marriage, you never spoke about that. It was unseemly if you were having trouble with your health, you didn't admit it to other people. So it's ironic because we look back in older times, 18th century, 17th century, as you know, well, those were honorable times, our forefathers, and they were honorable, but they probably did more lying in the course of a regular day in terms of keeping small things to themselves than we do because right. we want to tell everybody everything. Look at what Instagram is. Look at what uh, 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 Twitter is and everything. We just put out messages, you know, feeling blue today, you know, and they got a, they got a blue picture of a, a sad dog, you know, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> j just ate this food and boy, my stomach is grumbling. You know, we're literally telling everybody everything. So in that way, we're much more honest, if you count that as honesty, than our forefathers were where they kept every little thing a secret. But those kinds of lies, one could make the argument, you're actually making society better by not telling us that your stomach is grumbling, by not telling right. us about every little ache and pain, not telling us about, you know, you got in an argument on the way over here with your daughter on the phone. We don't need, nobody needs to know everything. So are those lies or are those just social graces? Let's put them in the category of social graces. All right, let's move on to a smaller, uh, still small, but a little larger than the social grace thing. Someone says, uh, they start talking about a TV show, all right? And everybody's in on the conversation. And uh, wasn't that great? Did you, say, oh, you remember that line? And you go, yeah. Uh, and you go, yeah, yeah. Going. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was funny. That was funny. But you didn't actually see the TV show. But you right. don't want to say, I didn't see it. So you just play along with the conversation, right? You're lying. You are lying. But it's not, you say, well, they'll never know. They're not going to really ask. How do we know you saw the TV show? Tell us everything that happened from the beginning. And you want to be part of the conversation. So you say, okay. That's another one. I've done that. Yeah, I've done that before, and it's so weird because I always, after I say that, I go, why did I do that? Like, why does it matter if I fess up to watching a TV show or not? It's so stupid. Right. right. You could just say, I've never seen it. That's right. the best thing to do. But right. you're right. You want to feel included sometimes. You want to feel included. And you I want to feel part of it. Yeah. So you say it. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, now let's move it up a little notch. I I feel like a scientist turning the uh, dial on the knob a little bit. (laughs) Now we go to three. We go to three, (laughs) and we see how you can take three. Okay, so someone comes into your office, or you're sitting around the the, lunch table. Can you believe what Trump did yesterday? Can you believe what Trump did yesterday? He said that thing, and a couple other people jump in. Now, maybe you like Trump. Maybe you're a Trump supporter. But you sit there and you go, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's a, I mean, he's nuts, right? And, and you go, yeah, yeah, he's nuts. Right? But maybe you don't believe that. You're lying mm-hmm. then, right? And, and, and this is where a lot of families and friends have fractured because some people can't bite their tongue in situations like that. What do you mean? I like him. I think he's good. What do you, you like right. Trump? How can you? And, and that's the end of the friendship. So, again, you right. are lying for what you consider to be the better good, right? The larger good. But you're still lying. You know, you still have to put something on your face that doesn't belong there. You have to nod when you don't agree with uh, what someone is saying. And now you've upped it a little notch more, okay? Politics is definitely something in this area that, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of lying about. And there's a lot of people kind of covering up who they're supporting. Uh, and that, that could be Trump. That could be Sanders. That could be Biden. That could be whatever, because they don't want to get into an argument, right? Uh, okay, Let's continue the day. Uh, you get into your car. You're speeding. You get pulled over by a police officer. Oh, boy. Right. Oh, boy. Police officer says, do you know how fast you were going? No, sir, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. <laughs> no, I Yes, don't. you did. <laughs> you know how fast you were going. As soon as you saw the cop, you probably looked at your speedometer, and you said, oh, no, I'm going right. 80. And you immediately hit the brakes. <laughs> do you know Terrible. how fast you were going? No, sir. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I wasn't paying attention. You think that's gonna that's gonna be what gets me out of it? Or some people <laughs> take it to an. You know, I, I'm sorry, officer. I was speeding. I, I I'm on my way to see a sick friend, uh, and, and my mind's <laughs> just be on something. Else. Now you've upped it a little bit more, right? People do this all the time. Ask yourself right. honestly: Have you ever done something like that? <laughs> I have. have. You? <laughs> okay. Oh Lisa's boy. Pointing at herself. <laughs> The last time I got pulled over, I made a story about I got a ticket for making a right between seven and nine. And you're not supposed to turn right on the street between seven and nine. It's like a residential street. And when I got pulled over, I told the officer (laughs) that I was dropping something off at a friend's house who lived on the next block, which is true. The person lives on the next block, but I literally had nothing to give her. But I kept thinking, well, if the guy says, "Okay, so let's go there. I go, okay, and I would just grab something yeah. out of my car. They usually don't her. say, let's go see your friend for a traffic violation. <laughs> did you end up with the ticket? No, he never asked me, but he did, did give you, me a did ticket. Did he give you the ticket? Yeah, he got you the ticket. Oh, so yeah, he gave me out. a ticket. So I think, I think, by the way, they know when we're lying. They know that yeah. everything that comes out of our mouths is it's a lie. Probably I'm pretty lie. sure yeah. of it. That's why if you say... Uh, if they pull, sometimes if you get pulled over and a cop says, "Do you know how fast you're going?" Yeah, I was going 82. That's silly me. Give me the ticket. Sometimes they go, "Well, okay, you have a reason." No, you know, I, I'd love to make one up, but 
I don't. I was just going fast because I was in a hurry, and I know that's not a good reason. I deserve the ticket. And then they go back to their car, and they stay there for 27 minutes while you're, you're, you're you know, sweating. <laughs> right. And then they come back. I'm just going to give you a warning this time. Sometimes they do that because they appreciate the honesty. But all right, that's another small example. Okay, you come home, and your husband or your wife uh, says, you know, how's everything fine? You know, good. What's wrong? Nothing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly nothing's not not, not nothing. Well, what's wrong? You don't look you know, happy. I'm just tired. All those are lies, right? There's probably something deeper going on than you're just being tired, but you don't want to get into it. You don't want to start again. You know, you've had the same discussion before, whatever it is. These are small lies. Now, my point is, I've already given you examples now at the office, out on the street, at a lunch, and even in your own family life. These are all examples of why we are willing to bend the truth, exaggerate the truth, or, or even just flat out in a f- small way lie right? to make our days easier, to make our social interactions that much better. And maybe there's not enormous amount of harm in that, but it does begin to grease the wheel for larger lies. And so it's something to think about because I will tell you this about lying, and I, I wrote a... Uh, an honors thesis about lying. That was actually my honors thesis, believe it or not, uh, when I was in graduate school. Uh, And and there was a lot of work done uh, by Harvard researchers and sociologists and how we become inured to lying in society. And I was interested in it then, and that was 30 years ago. Um, And I'm interested in it now because I think our relationship to the truth really uh, has dissipated over the years. And now you take small little things like that that are just a normal part. Now let's talk about social media. Social media, to me, is, is just a cauldron of lies, of, of people. First of all, you go on with a phony name. How many people actually use their real first and last name in social media for their tags on, uh, you know, be it I mean, on Facebook, you, you, you may, because that's kind of the nature of it. But there are a lot of people on Facebook that have right. phony names, too. And certainly on Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts. And, and they use, you know, uh, uh, monikers and they use pictures that aren't them. And it is an invitation to be somebody else when you want to be, to not accept responsibility right. for what you're saying or what you're doing. That's a lie. That is dishonest. And so right off the bat... You know, you can claim that you're a man when you're a woman, that you're old when you're young, that you're a Republican when you're a Democrat and all that. So we don't even know who we're talking to. We don't even know who we're talking to. You're not having in social media, you're not having a face to face conversation with someone where you can judge them. You're having a, a, a words conversation or a photograph conversation. And that's supposed to set things up. Now, I've watched I've watched on an airplane a woman sitting in front of me taking endless shots of herself with selfies <laughs> with some kind of food or something like that and trying to put the food up to her mouth and then it fell off or put it, and, no, and you can see then she starts scrolling through doesn't like it doesn't like it doesn't like it xxx and takes another one seems to smile likes the one that she did and sends it out and i'm imagining it said something like having a great time on the plane eating my food but you're not you what you were doing was was taking a whole load of pictures until you found one that made it look like you were having a great time and you looked good in it and all the rest of it to send some message out to tell people that you feel a certain way that you don't really but you want to be seen that way 
We want right. to be seen now. Social media is about being viewed by our peers in a certain way that we want to be seen. There is nothing honest about that. That's lying. There is nothing honest about making yourself seem a certain way on social media to other people. That is a small but regular lie that people do all day long on Instagram, right. on Reddit, on Twitter, on any any form of posting. Well, just like filters alone, like, you know, there's so many filters for photographs. If you are putting a filter on your photograph, you are lying. Right. And you might not think of it that way, but you are lying. Because yeah. that's not your face. Those aren't your bags under your eyes. That's not your wrinkles. Right. You're lying. Right. Now, people, <laughs> people would, don't might, even realize People that. who are doing that might say, I'm augmenting. I'm not lying. I'm augmenting. <laughs> well, okay. Either way, you're putting something out there that's a misrepresentation. And it's all part of what I'm talking about, creating this sort of culture uh, where the truth is really not held up as a value. It's something that, how do I put this? It's something like, um, I don't know, maybe being physically fit, totally physically fit, not an ounce of fat on you. It's an ideal, mm -hmm. but few of us ever ever get to it or even uh, think that we're going to get to it and accept the fact that we're not going to look like that. We're going to have some fat or we're going to have a belly, or we're not going to have the broadest shoulders, or we're not going to have a six-pack. or all, and, and we just kind of live that way. And, right. you know, I, mean, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but it's sort of like the truth is like, well, that's not attainable. That's purity. And we don't live in that world, so it's okay to do all this other stuff. But my point is, if you don't start by saying, you know what, it's not okay at this level. It's not okay at this low-down level. It's not okay at the ground level here. Because if I start to say it's okay at the ground level, it's a small step to the middle level, and it's a small step to the big level. And we've all seen where this takes us. We've all seen where this takes us. There was a case of a football player who was watching his fellow football players get recruited to colleges, and in an effort to want to fit in, and because the truth was not held up in his mind, perhaps in his upbringing, perhaps just in how he developed, as something that you don't violate, he invented uh, a false narrative of being recruited to this school, made up the fact that they wanted him, had this press conference where he announced that he was going there and everybody cheered for him and what? everything. Only to find out afterwards that the school said, well, we, don't, we don't know this kid. We didn't offer this kid a scholarship. Right. I felt so sorry for that young man that, 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 that the, the purity of the truth, the importance of being honest was so insignificant to him, paled in comparison to the need to be accepted by his peers, that he stomped all over it and only was sorry when he got caught. How can you not with that big ruse? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, believe me, Lisa, there are examples of that left and right of people posing uh, <laughs> oh to be something gosh. that they're not and telling people that there are things that they're not all the time. And then they get caught. It's like, how did you how did you go about, you know, lying like that? Rachel Dolezal, remember? The woman who said, I'm, I'm oh, black. right, right. You know, I mean, when her whole life <laughs> well, like that had had two parents yeah. who were white. I mean, you figure sooner or later, 
they're going to say something, but... Someone's going to find out. But, you know, again, this begins... The reason that a lot of people lie is to be accepted into certain situations by certain people. But I look at it as that's the that's the apple. All right? That's the apple on the tree that Adam and Eve picked and they, and they wanted the apple uh because they wanted the knowledge from the apple, but you can look at it as like, well, it's all about the apple and how badly you want the apple, how badly you want to fit in, how badly you want to be that recruit, how badly you want to be seen as a certain race or a certain wealth or people who you know lie about the, how much money they have and they, 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 they lease cars and they rent houses and they do all these things so that make people think that they're rich or they lie about their, their bank accounts. And you can say it's the desire to do all those things, to have all those things, or and this is the way that I tend to look at it, it's the disregard you have for the value of truth. It's the disregard you have for the value of truth. And remember, when God punished, not to get religious about this, but when God punished Adam and Eve, it wasn't for the fact that they ate the apple, it was for the fact that they disregarded his command to them not to do it, to honor him by saying, you know, don't, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, don't eat that. Don't go to that tree right there. I'm asking you. And it was the fact that they didn't listen to him. He gave them everything they needed in life, the paradise garden, of, you know, could live forever. But they did the one thing that he didn't. It was the, the, their lack of respect for the value of what he had asked, not their desire to have that apple that that point was about and that lesson was about. And this is what's happening to us in society here. We justify the lying by the ends, and we say, well, the ends justify the means. But we are not recognizing that the cost of that is to say that honesty doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Honesty is off to the side in that equation. And you start talking about, well, if I gain this by lying about that, is it worth the risk of gaining? And, and And you're not paying attention to the fact that you're not considering truth, that truth matters. And sometimes you should tell the truth simply because truth matters, because you don't really have a society if everything is based on a lie. And we see that now to turn the notch all the way up to number 20, you know. (laughs) We see it now with our leaders. We don't know who to believe. We don't believe anybody. There are people who literally don't believe a single thing that President Trump says. If he says, I got this suit, at Brooks Brothers, they don't believe it. There are running counts in the New York Times, CNN, other reliable places like that, that say how many times the president lied in a day, in a week, in a month, right? You've seen these things. Right. They have yep. these counters. They literally are counting. So when you start to see numbers like President Trump told 1,247 lies this past month, how much respect can you have for the truth? How much expectation can you have? then anybody's going to tell you anything that's honest. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallerati, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. When a commercial comes on, 
And they tell you, you know, this this food is. Do you believe it? Do you believe the claims that they make? If you eat this, it's tend to, you know, it's got healthier, it's calories. Most people don't believe that stuff anymore. No. This is going to make your shirts whiter than any shirt you've ever had right. in your life. Never. Oh works. come on, no. It I mean, isn't. it's all. It's. You're going to lose weight if you take this pill. No, I won't. Sometimes people do it anyhow because they believe it, but they don't. You know, they want to believe it, but they don't really believe that they're being told the truth. Most of the products that were kind of pitched. We don't believe that they're going to work. Baldness cures, uh, uh, weight loss things. You see, you see these commercials left and right, and they're advertising. They're out there saying, believe us, we're telling you the truth. They're not coming out and saying, come on, we all know that we're telling you a lie here, but we're just going to do the commercial anyhow. They're really earnest about, yes, try this and do it. And so many of these claims are false, and we expect them to be false. When we go into a car dealership, do we really think, I'm giving you a great deal. Do we really think we're getting a oh, great deal? Well- Oh, it's the worst. And I will tell you, my husband hates. He gets like visibly shaken when we pull into a car dealership because I think he's already bracing himself for those sorts of things, for lies, for somebody to sort of like swindle him into something. He gets really nervous when we go to car dealerships because you know, and, and even when you buy your car, you leave there still not feeling completely confident in right. the car that you just purchased right. because you right. think that you've been bamboozled somehow. Right. <laughs> Cars, houses, any of these kinds of purchases, we always feel like, well, they're, of course they're lying to cover up the flaws in it. A used car, uh, a house that somebody lived in, they're, they're, you know, they're going to tell us it's great, but we really don't believe that. We just accept a certain amount of lying in our, in our regular lives, and we accept a certain amount of lying uh, at our workplaces, uh, the boss says, you know, okay, now I want you to do this. Are you good with this? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm good with it. No, you're not. You're going to go and tell the, your coworker how awful it is that he's demanding that, and whatever, but you don't want to speak up. Then, then that boss goes and talks to his bosses. Are your workers happy? Yeah, I think they're, they're doing great. They're all real. They're really, you know, you know they're not, but you, you tell them there's all this series of lying that goes on from one to one. Maury recognized this. Here's a a little bit of a, a conversation we had uh, in August of 1995. This is 25 years ago. Don't put it back with lies. Like in our society, mm-hmm. where a lie has now become more acceptable than it ever was and probably more sort of used than the truth. So you see, I mean, it, it, it's not new. This isn't a new problem. People have been have been dishonest and lying throughout the course of their lives. And where at what point is your moral compass tell you that you have to shut it off? Well, you know, as you said at the beginning, you were talking about like social grace lies or whatever, you right. know. Um, I think there are lies like that. Like also when somebody gets a haircut, we didn't even flip it this <laughs> way. But when somebody comes to you and they're like, they come into the office or whatever, and they're like, oh, I got my haircut. And... You can't look at them and say, oh, my God, that looks terrible. Sometimes you lie so that you don't make the other person feel bad. And there was yeah. that movie. Um, have you seen that movie? It's really good. The Invention of Lying. And I think it's with Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't know what nobody lies ever Nobody lied. ever told a lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was all truth all the time. And so you have to think there has to be a... Maybe sometimes lies are better just to keep society civil. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not talking about that, though. I, I think there are th- that that's manners, too. When manners right. meet the Social truth, 
Right. And that's part of social graces. It's the same thing we talked about earlier on. If somebody has a bad haircut and they say, what do you think of my haircut? And you say, I think it looks terrible. I'm just being honest. You're not being kind. And, you know, when when uh, honesty meets kindness, it's a choice that you make. I prefer mm-hmm. kindness, by the way, because there's no harm. Me too. There's no harm in my saying it's a nice haircut. So what? So I don't really think it, uh, you know, someone's going to come up and say, you're misleading that person. Now they're going to go get another haircut just like that. So what? The world isn't, <laughs> isn't going to fall apart because of that lie. And, and, and the opposite is, you know, uh, uh, the opposite is, is I just saw this uh, movie, Emma. Uh, I just happened to see, and there, there's, and this, you know, the, the star of the movie, and it's it's that, uh, you know, famous book, and she's she's brutally honest with almost everybody uh, within the social graces, but then they're having this conversation at one point, and this woman who's really a pain in the neck and is constantly whining and whining and whining and whining, uh, and she lets it slip out. She says, well, something like, well, if you if we let you start talking about things, you'd never shut up or something along those lines. And the woman is so right. hurt, so hurt and so heartbroken. And everybody is aghast and the social party breaks apart. And but she was telling the truth. She, she said and she tries to defend it by saying, well, everybody was thinking the same thing. But it was horrifying, Ooh, it especially yeah. back in those <laughs> days. And, uh, you know, she had to end up apologizing uh, later in the movie. So I think there are moments where you're being kind by being dishonest. But that's not what I'm talking about here. When we start turning, that's, again, think of it as a dial. That's down at the one digit. And the twos and the threes we've talked about and the fours and the fives. But when you start getting up into the tens and the twelves and the fifteens, and now you're lying about, you're lying about your finances to your spouse, perhaps, you know, because you don't want her to know how, how much debt you're in. You're lying to your friends about uh, your drinking habit because you don't want them to start butting into your life. You know, you're lying to your family about things that you're doing in your private life that you probably shouldn't be doing uh, or relationships that you're having with people that you shouldn't be having relationships with. And it's, it's all so easy. It's so easy to just tell those lies because we've trained ourselves throughout the course of our lives to sort of tell a small one and then a slightly bigger one and then a slightly bigger one, a slightly bigger one. So if you don't have a dedication to the idea of truth as a value, as a personal value, as a goal in your own life, you will lie to make your life easier because you'll end up with, there's always a good justification for it. There's always a good Mm -hmm. justification. I don't want to get my sister in trouble by telling her what I'm in trouble for. I don't want my parents to worry about me, so I'm I'm, I'm just not going to say this thing. I don't want my friends to, you know, walk away from me if I I tell them that I'm, I'm dealing with this issue. I'll just take care of it myself. There's always a good reason but if you're not, if there's not a voice in your head that says, yes, but the truth is important, and oh, what a tangled web we weave when the ones we love we do deceive, that's, there's a reason that people quote that all the time. You start to lie to the people that you love. You start to just, I'll just cover this up, and I'll just cover this little thing up, and I won't share this with them, and you create a very tangled web that's very difficult to get out of until it comes crashing down on you. It's interesting when you were just saying that about my sister, you know, lying to protect my sister, whatever you think about it. We've been lying since we were little kids. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think the minute you start talking and you realize that there's a thing called consequence that you begin to lie, you know, because you don't want to get in trouble or you don't want to get somebody else in trouble. So it starts very young. So 
you know, and we always tell the kid, we always tell our children, you know, you have to talk, you know, speak the truth. But sometimes when a kid is afraid, you know, you could, you're lying. When I was a little kid, and I can't even believe I used to do this, but I would never eat all the food on my plate. You know, I couldn't do it. Something as simple as taking the food, putting it in your mouth, putting in your napkin, and then throwing the napkin away is a form of a lie because I'd be showing my parents that I ate all my food when I really didn't. Now I eat everything, unfortunately. Um, Right, but but but, when you're a child, you are moldable. And, you know, that those things come for self-protection. Or we think we don't want to get hit or we don't want to get yelled at. And we do these things. But you are moldable. You're learning. And it is a parent's obligation to teach the value of the truth. And we do this at the mm-hmm. orphanage that I operate in Haiti. You know, it's a huge, huge thing about we, we do not lie. And we say that to one another all the time. We do not lie here. We don't lie to one another. And when we punish the kids, it's always punishment for lying, not for what they did. You know, not for the act that they actually did. It's 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 for the actual lying, and we always make that clear. Do you understand? It's not that the thing you did was so so terrible; it wasn't good. But right. then, when we asked you about it, you lied about it, and that's the thing that they have the price that they they pay. Going back as early as uh, the beginning of this century, two thousand and two, there was a study out of the University of Massachusetts. They had people participate in a ten minute conversation with another person. They told them that it was just a study to, you know, they were studying how people interact with one another. 10-minute conversation with another person. And in that 10-minute conversation, 60% of the people lied at least once and several lied uh, two or three times in a 10-minute conversation with no reason to lie. I mean, it wasn't like we're setting you up to be something. It was just a, a social conversation. They, 60% of them told lies in 10 minutes. And this is someone that they were just meeting for the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's going to say they're strangers then, too. That's so strangers. weird. <laughs> right. Like, why would you lie to a complete right. stranger? Well, I think people lie to strangers. Like I think people lie to strangers more than they lie to their friends, even, uh, because you can get away with it. You know, I know people who tell people they have certain kind of cars or they got a boat or they're, they're never going to know. You know, and I wanted to maintain the conversation. I wanted to be thought of a certain way. So this is the small level lying that ultimately leads to uh, the big level lying. And again, my point is you must make honesty a virtue. You must make honesty something that you actually aspire to, not something that's the impossible, like that physique I was talking about, not something that you're never going to have anyhow, and nobody's honest and everybody lies. So what's the point? I'll be as honest as I can, but that's all. If you don't make honesty a principle in your life, if you don't say every day in every interaction, you know, it'd be easier to lie about this, but I, you know, I want to be, I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be a person who goes through life as a liar. Uh, You will lie. You just will, because it's easier. It's just easier. And we live in a society where everybody else is. So it's very easy now to to do what I now call relative lying, which is I'm not lying as much as that guy. I'm not lying as much as that guy on on, on Instagram there. I mean, you know, I'm not lying as much as the guy on Twitter or here. I'm, I'm, you know, at least at least I'm saying this much of my truth. Well, if we started getting into relative lying and this is where we are in the election cycle now, we have, you know, everybody feels that because of Donald Trump, no matter how you feel politically, there's no question that Donald Trump doesn't tell the truth in many of his interactions. It's just factually been proven. And when the leader of the country isn't doing that, a lot of other people feel like, well, I don't have to do it. The president of the United States 
has a conversation, has a press conference, and just makes numbers up and says, well, everybody's doing this, or uh, says 70% when it's actually 30%, says, you know, yes when it's actually no, then we can too. And, and that's what I call relative lying. We compare ourselves to other people's veracity, and we say, I'm, I'm okay, I'm good by them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more honest than they are. But you've got to compare yourself to a pure standard. And I don't mean pure standard like if, the haircut example. I'm going to tell somebody because it's just I'm just being honest. Because that sentence can be overused okay. too. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Yeah, but nobody asked you. Right. But, I don't like but, that anyway. Right. Don't be uh, honest with me. Tell yeah, me I my hair looks good. I don't like that sentence. I'm just <laughs> being honest. You shouldn't have to. I don't even like when people say, I'll be honest with you. Because it makes oh, me say, well, what no. were you being up till now? Athletes right. do this all the time. You do interviews with athletes. You know, much of my career earlier, I was with athletes and coaches. You know, you ask coaches five questions. You ask them a sixth question. Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I just asked you five questions up till now. Were you not being honest with me till now? And now you've just decided you're going to be honest with me as of this point. So I, I don't. I don't say that, but think about that expression. I'll be honest with you. What that really means is we all kind of accept a certain amount of dishonesty in our interactions. And when someone says, I'll be honest with you, they're kind of breaking with that and saying, okay, pay attention now because what I'm about to say to you is, is real. Maybe the first 10 right. minutes I was talking to you was just, I wasn't really being honest with you, but now I am. So ask yourself, are you going to be dedicated to the truth as an ideal? That's the beginning. And we'll leave it there in terms of this conversation. Like I say, this is sort of lying part one uh, and how it has seeped into our society, how it affects us uh, as a society and what it has done to our institutions and what it has done to our faith in our institutions and the bigger lies, big lies that are coming, we're going to do in another show. Because as I say, this is uh, the, the world of lying is too big to fit into a single podcast. But- Ask yourself those questions about, uh, and now they, they say the average person lies one and a half, tells one and a half real big lies a day. Uh, but apparently in the 10-minute conversation, 60% of the people lying in a 10-minute conversation. So somewhere in between that is the truth. Ask yourself where you are on that scale. And ask yourself, do you hold honesty as a virtue, as a high value in your life? Or do you just figure, well, nobody's honest, so I'll be more honest than most people, and that's good enough? If your answer is that, I think you might want to reconsider because you will find yourself in situations where you say, ah, you know, I shouldn't have done that, but now I, I, can't, get, I can't get out of it because I told him a lie or I told him this or I'm covering this up. Uh, it, it, it is a better way to live to be more truthful not to be blunt and hurtful to people, but to just be honest and truthful about what you're doing, how you're feeling, especially with your loved ones, uh, because there's a lot of problems, and we'll talk about that in the next podcast, that people get into when they lie to their spouses, when they lie to their brothers and sisters, uh, when they lie to their loved ones, their family members. Those kind of lies are the hardest ones to sustain because you mm -hmm. see those people all the time. And you have to constantly, you're hiding a drug habit, you're hiding financial problems, you're hiding marital problems. And uh, in the end, it tends to come crashing down, almost always. And lying, by the way, is a lot of work. Um, yeah. To remember your lies, I always feel like I'm really bad at lying about, you know, major things or anything because I don't remember things. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have a, you know, 
sparkly, clear memory. I think lying is not a good thing for you. <laughs> I'd like to throw the question out. Uh, we'll get some good responses on a on a sort of scale of one to ten. Ten being the you know highest priority of uh, equality, and one being not important at all. Where do you rank honesty when it comes to yourself and somebody else? Where do you rank honesty between one to ten in terms of how important a quality? It is for you and for someone else. Send us uh, your responses to that. We'll talk about that in the next show, and uh, we'll come back and revisit this topic shortly on the grander, more societal scale. Uh, Lisa, tell everybody how they can get in touch with us. All of our socials at We Tuesday People. We have a great uh, private Facebook group that we'd love for all of you to join. We have a lot of great conversations going on there. And we also have our Tuesday People storyline, which is 248-621-4701, 248-621-4701. You can give us a call, leave us messages, and we may play your message or comments on the show. And, of course, you can go back and hear all of the uh, podcasts from the very first one uh, of this Tuesday People podcast thing, because they all still make sense. They're not tied to a particular date or time, uh, much like, Tuesdays with Maury, the book itself, the the chapters and that I put in that book, I, I tried to design in a way that they would always make sense. I didn't know that people would still be reading it 25 years later. I was trying to just make it relevant six months later. Uh, but, you know, Maury's words hold up, and, uh, and hopefully so do the lessons. So we thank you for joining us here on Tuesday, People, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, and until we see you next Tuesday, on behalf of Lisa Goitz, this is Mitch Album wishing you a great week. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.